Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. This show is not a substitute for professional care, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have or suspect you may have a medical or psychological condition, you should consult your appropriate health care provider. You can also visit our website for resources on finding services near you. In my mind. <laughs> That's it. That's all I know. <laughs> and then Merry Christmas to all of you. <laughs> if I could sing, I would sing you the whole song right now. <laughs> Do it. In my mind. You have those that those years of show choir under your belt. Oh my god, I feel exposed. <laughs> I did do show choir for two years. I can't hold a tune in a, in a tin bucket <laughs> to save my life. Damn. This episode, we are talking about. One of my absolute Christmas favorite movies, the 2002 comedy hit Friday After Next. I love this movie. I did too. I mean, I do too, but I did love <laughs> watching it again um, because it helped me see things differently this time. Of course, every time I, we watch a movie that is one of our favorites, I'm like, I didn't even think about this last time. Or, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I never realized, like, maybe the Santa Claus was cracked out. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was just really strong and just insanely just, you know, resilient. <laughs> two things I never thought of, Ricky Smiley and insanely strong. That's that. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, that's what I came from for this. <laughs> Watching it this time. And I don't think I officially put it in the category of a holiday movie. I said it. I watch this movie every Christmas. Every Christmas we watch this movie. Wow. Okay. Now I need to add it on my list. Of holiday. <laughs> holiday Christmas. I mean, it, it. I think it aesthetically looks different because it's LA and there's no snow. So, that's what it is mm-hmm. yes it's like where's your song? but the movie is definitely takes place on christmas eve <laughs> yes so it has to count as a christmas movie well there we go and so watching this movie again i realized that i have um no original thoughts inside of my head at all because i was like oh my god i say that from this movie oh okay that too i say that and it's from this movie oh okay oh. that you know what it was when he said and i'm gonna let you know it ain't your booty it's your beauty i was like courtney says this <laughs> when he said eyes cocked like a pistol i was like oh yeah i do say that from this movie <laughs> no original thoughts i am not creative at all it's all movie reference <laughs> you know it is what it is you know <laughs> get it how you live but this movie has so many good quotes. <laughs> Dr. B, what are right. some of yours? <laughs> it was really hard. And then like I I tried to keep up with it throughout, but the, the beginning always gets me because I'd be cracking up. And like so of course when when um they have his name listed as Santa Claus, so but I'm gonna call him Ricky Smiley. Or maybe <laughs> I call him Santa Claus. It'll interchange. <laughs> Santa Ricky. <laughs> Santa Ricky, right. There you go. Ricky Santa. Ricky. Santa. 
Um, <laughs> you come in there making a sandwich after breaking in. Mad loud, by the way. Craig is like, you coming in here making a sandwich? And he's like, Nigga, I'm Santa Claus. What the fuck the milk and cookies? <laughs> but he all up in the refrigerator looking for ham. Couldn't find it. And I was like, this was like, the Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> like, the Grinch took everything. It's <laughs> such a great correlation. I never put those two things together. <laughs> right. And just sneaking around, taking everybody's shit. <laughs> oh, that is me, beautiful. This is the Grinch who stole Christmas. LA style. <laughs> the Compton version. Crenshaw. The Compton version. <laughs> South Central LA version of the there Grinch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was in there making that sandwich while Day Day was fast asleep. Talking about, All I want, Santa Claus, is two fat bitches and a bag of weed and two bags of chips to get her to, to, to the fat bitch. You stand him. Uh, I could not stand With a name but to say glitter on it. <laughs> so annoying. Why, Vikings? Why? <laughs> why? Right? Like, why? And then there are some of, like, the, the more famous ones that, that kind of stick out with the fuck for a buck, holler for a dollar, and do something strange for a piece of change. Yes. <laughs> I've, and I've actually said that, you know, do something strange for a piece of change. A piece of change. Um, I never realized that it came from here. Mm-hmm. I never had that happen to me. I'm trying to see what that he's like. Right there. Look, look, look. Oh, and then, um, <laughs> like, I'm going to call him Pops, even though it's Mr. Jones. Um, Pops, <laughs> I never picked up on when he was saying, Nobody got me pussy whip. I whips pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he so vulgar? <laughs> <laughs> she slapped the shit out of him too when he said I did <laughs> I didn't write that one down but that was what I was like oh my gosh oh, pops <laughs> thought we were better than this <laughs> and then there are so many that we can keep going to but <laughs> one that I didn't recognize that came from this movie is something that's not as you know widely repeated <laughs> is when Miss Pearlie is in there fussing at them and that is like, with that big old wolf pussy, you come down all the time smelling like that. Look. <laughs> I was like, no, wolf pussy. <laughs> smelling like what? <laughs> like wolf pussy. <laughs> I don't even want to begin to know what that even smells like. <laughs> wolf pussy, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. She was something else too. But, and they kept getting on her about her little stash. Bruh. Man, it's the, yeah. like, get that lined up. Don't you worry about it, bitch. I know somebody like it. She had the comebacks for real. I'm mad she used her son as a way to collect her debt. I wonder if that's why he ended up in prison. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Out here collecting his mama debts. So, uh, top flight security of the world, Craig. The world needs security out here. <laughs> He took his job way to serves. I got for this shit too. <laughs> he did. Changed <laughs> up so real proud. quick. Yeah, when he took that shirt off, he said, I ain't getting my ass kicked over no job. Hurry up and unbutton that shit. <laughs> for real. He was not playing. I, and then I don't understand how y'all get <laughs> how y'all get robbed again from Santa Claus. Like twice in one day. Twice in one day. That's yeah, what the police said. It. They laughed at him. <laughs> he was I like, hate the law. <laughs> right. The, the, the law in this movie really was like, y'all ain't shit. A-hole and be dicks. <laughs> Talking about you, we're tired of this victim story. Wait, wait, but I still am a victim. What are you talking about? A-hole. <laughs> What's his A-hole. name? <laughs> right. A-hole and be dick. Officer. A-hole and B-Dicks. Um, <laughs> yes, the officer actually was B-Dicks. The white, op- the black officer was B-Dicks and the white officer was A-hole. A-hole, Just in case yeah. there was any confusion between the right. two. <laughs> right, we're not, we're not calling names, you know? Oh, I love this movie. <laughs> um, when I tell I love- you I have a whole page of quotes, <laughs> I, I had to categorize imagine. them. I can't imagine. So I, I liked how when they were asking, so what does he look like? He was like, picture old dirty bastard in a Santa Claus suit. I was like, 
huh. <laughs> I guess maybe that's it. Said, Can you picture that? Do you know who old dirty bastard is? <laughs> right. And then he gave them different different descriptions each time they asked. Like Bobby Brown in a goddamn Santa Claus suit. <laughs> So he was black. No, nah, this was a nigga that did this. <laughs> right. Thank you, Day Day, for clarifying Because <laughs> we didn't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, and then my my favorite, but, like, the sad part was the commercial that they saw, they showed for the barbecue joint. <laughs> Y'all tired of eating that barbecue from up the street? Where to get you more sauce than to get you meat? Well, bring your big ass down to Bruz Barbecue, 15837 South Crenshaw Boulevard. That's right off Manchester. Bruz Barbecue tastes so good, make you want to slap your mama. Don't it, Willie? Yeah, boy. Hey, mama. What the hell you want, Willie? Every one location, so it's near you. But why the grandma got to look like that when you see her in person the next time? Like, she's still bruised. <laughs> I was like, maybe they just shot this commercial because for her to still be bruised that bad. Okay. I'm like, are you still slapping your mama every time? <laughs> Cut it out. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm be ready to move on after this one. I got to do this last one. Okay, okay. Holy moly donut shot. <laughs> Holy moly donut shot. Stay with me. <laughs> Freaks come out at night. What, what, what? <laughs> Oh, bruh. Houdini, you know, you know. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's my jam, too. Like, uh, this is why I like this song, because of him. <laughs> and didn't even realize it. By uh, the way, it came out in 20, 2002. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It doesn't even feel that long ago. <laughs> I was 12 years old. I was 13 and freshman in high school. Yes. And to be honest, I didn't watch it when it first came out. I wasn't allowed to. Oh, you, yeah. I'd be forgetting that you had like a PG-13 household. I'd be, I'm sorry. (laughs) It escapes me from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) And then she got grown and got turned out. She has all the boys in the hood t-shirt right now, guys. Just in case you were wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Your boy. Damn right. Um, you watched all the rated R movies she could get her hands on. And I curse like a sailor just because of principle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, damn, this doesn't feel that old. But because it's so relevant, that speaks to the quality of writing that exists between DJ Pooh and Ice Cube. They just make masterpieces between the two of them. And I am still keeping fingers crossed for last Friday, still hoping that the the trilogy becomes a saga and we get Mm -hmm. one more film out of this. But I don't know if we're going to do it for without Pops. But I also feel like that could be a good setup for the last Friday. It could be Pop's funeral. We could be saying goodbye to him. That's how we could bring it all together. But just, you know, production-wise, I don't know if it's going to happen. Ice Cube, if you're listening, hook that up for us, brother. We waiting. Please. You know, I was tempted to diagnose him. Maybe rest in peace. <laughs> With a tick disorder. I mean... <laughs> Them index fingers crossing in front of each other. <laughs> I'm just like, Pops. <laughs> Before he say how whips pussy, you see him when he rubbing his head? I was like, like what is, what, for why? What's going on? I, I was really tempted. You know what? Let's just put that down. I'm okay with it. Let's, I, let's, uh, you know, let's let put it in there. We might. <laughs> I was a little concerned, but uh, am I jumping in too quick with him? No, let's go. Start with someone else. Let's start with pops. (laughs) So I need to find that that tick disorder (laughs) so I can really uh, describe what that criteria is. But I also so what I what I decided to do instead, based off of the Fridays, Mm -hmm. I feel like. He has an unspecified elimination disorder with fecal symptoms. <laughs> Not that everybody who poops in public, you know, or is constantly pooping has this disorder or should you give them this disorder. 
But because it is a DSM podcast <laughs> and for shits and giggles, <laughs> get it? Um, <laughs> I figured I did this. <laughs> so, what were your, uh, what were yours for him? I was going thinking uh, more of the irritable bowel syndrome as opposed to the <laughs> elimination <laughs> disorder because he could control it until he got there. But you know, more assessment can be done. Gotcha. I actually did not give him a clinical diagnosis. However, I would actually a lot of the characters in this movie I just didn't give a clinical disorder but I have lots of reasons why I would like to see them in therapy and the things that I would like to do with them as clients I would actually like to see family therapy with um with pops and uncle Elroy and possibly mom if she can you know bring herself big mama can gather herself to (laughs) to go to sessions with pops after their commercial incident (laughs) because I did diagnose her (laughs) She, you know, that would, that would actually be really helpful because, and I didn't even think about that and that is that, and it's, this is laughable, but is that (laughs) elder abuse for slapping your mama? (laughs) I I think it might have to, it might open up an investigation if she did have to go to the hospital. I'm sure they would, uh, the social workers there would have some additional questions just about her treatment overall. But um, I diagnosed Big Mama with acute stress disorder (laughs) because she directly experienced a traumatic event and is having dissociative reactions or flashbacks, feeling like the the traumatic event is occurring again. Uncle Edward was like, ain't nobody going to hit you, Mama. (laughs) Oh, yes. Poor baby. She was skirt. Also having the efforts to avoid the external reminders. And so every time um, Pops came around her, she didn't want to be near him. Having the sleep disturbances where Uncle Elroy said that she was falling asleep every once in a while for like 60 seconds and then she'd come to, um, as well as the hypervigilance and exaggerated startled response. And I gave her acute stress disorder because that the diagnostic feature is that of that is that it lasts three days to one month. And so since she was still bruised, I figured I'm hoping that it was in with the mo- one month time for it to right. still be such a fresh bruise like that. That's very true. Cause it was fresh. <laughs> the fingerprints were, were still <laughs> on. Like damn, bro. Like how hard did you smack her, Willie? <laughs> exactly. Should expect the hell out of you. So I so for dad, I mean for dad, for pops, <laughs> tick disorder, tick disorder, persistent chronic motor, uh, single or multiple motor or vocal ticks that have been present during the illness, but not both motor and vocal. So I think it's just his motor. <laughs> the ticks may wax and wane in frequency, but have persisted more than one year since first tick onset. See, that's the part that's going to be hard because we don't know when it started. Well, we definitely see it in the first Friday. So we know right. that it at least was there. <laughs> and if we if we actually cross universes and look into the Wayne brothers, <laughs> he still had to take this sort of that. <laughs> I like your creativity there, ma'am. <laughs> right. Crossover to the universes. <laughs> That's all I have. I didn't even think to diagnose the, the mom, but... Yeah, but I would like to actually really see them as a family because um, especially because of the interaction that they do have in the kitchen where um, Elroy is more so tending to mom and where she he and where mom feels comfortable. And Mm. then then when Pop says, why are you in so much competition with me? Mm. (laughs) And he said, you're jealous, Willie. Look, I can't have it. I look better than you do. You don't. I cook better than you. You can't. My dick is bigger than yours. It was cold at night. <laughs> <laughs> and so look, we're, and try to look at where that so sibling rivalry um, originates from. And if mom contributes to that in any way by showing favoritism. And I meant to go back and watch uh, next Friday too, because I don't know any mention of um, Elroy and Willie's dad. And so I wonder what part of that that played into it as well, as far as their dynamics and how that shifted um, them as a whole, as a unit, rather. Mm-hmm. Cool. So speaking of traumatic disorders, 
I believe both Craig and Dede may have PTSD. From what <laughs> traumatic event? <laughs> From Debo. But uh, Dede never really well, interacted not, not, with Debo, for Dede. real, for real. Right, no. So it isn't Dede. So it is just Craig. I mean, him and so. Sticky Fingers showed up at the at the uh, the Mexican family's house in the dog truck, but it wasn't. He didn't get traumatized by Dede. Yeah, didn't have the chance to be traumatized by Debo. So yeah, so I I'm I'm gonna go with my first and just say Craig with PTSD simply because of that experience with him. <laughs> And he was he was in person to these events that occurred, right? And I'm I'm, I'm gonna go a little deeper and say it's chronic PTSD because in this in South Central, I feel like they are experienced every Friday. They're experiencing a traumatic event every every week, and it's just it's constant. They don't even realize that it's happening because it's, it's happening so frequently to them that I also feel like at times it's affecting his ability to actually enjoy his life. It feels like he's always like aware, like alert and aware so like of his hypervigilance, if you will, and wanting to get out the hood. So. Okay, so then I will challenge that and say, do you think that it is um, the traumatic response in reaction to Debo, or do you think it is just the hypervigilance that is created by living in an environment of poverty and a high crime? It's the latter. So living in an environment of poverty and high crime, like having to get beat down with a Christmas tree is not <laughs> a natural occurrence. <laughs> twice. You got beat down twice. With a Christmas tree, okay. I, if that's not going to provide you some traumatic, experience, well, no, the, the, the second time he did the beating, so I felt like that was how he was healed from that incident because he was able to deliver what was given to him. Listen, <laughs> finding healing doesn't always mean that you're you're getting your licks back, okay? <laughs> not necessarily, but for in this specific incident, I felt like it does. Not only did he get his licks back. He got all mm. his presents back, his speaker back, and tied uh, Bobby Brown Santa to the roof. Listen, he's so traumatized. I don't care what no one says. <laughs> trauma, 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 trauma. But I did also give him some V codes. Discord with landlord, low income, and victim of crime. Because we the victims. That's we the victims. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't give him a DSM diagnosis, but a more just commonly... Um, commonly known label. Uh, I definitely agree with all of your V-codes. I also uh, would like to, if Craig was my client, I would like to address his issues of codependency for me because oh, yes. he mm -hmm. only, well, for multiple reasons, starting first with his choice in women, he only takes, seeks out women who are in vulnerable um, positions as it, in, 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 in relation to him. So in Friday one, he was talking to a young lady who was a teenager whose parents mm -hmm. wasn't never home. And he was fully grown and graduated high school and she was still in school with his younger sister. So there's the age difference there. And so him being feeling like he is caretaking in that role. And then the second uh, next Friday, he was seeking out the Mexican girl. I forget her name, but um, who was in a kind of abusive relationship with her brothers. Um, and it was very restrictive, in which case he, again, need to be needed to be needed. And then here we see him with Donna, who is possibly being sex trafficked to, <laughs> we're not exactly yeah. sure, but definitely in a vulnerable state. And then on top of that, his relationship, even with Dede, where Dede is like, You a badass influence on my life. Ever since I've been kicking it with you, my life has been in shambles, dude. And mm -hmm. Craig is like, I'm the best cousin you got. If it wasn't for me, you'd be getting punked all the time. And I keep you safe because you know how timid you are. And mm -hmm. like, but why do you feel like you need to that's your cousin yeah but it's not your job to keep him safe that's a grown man and so i just would like to work on work with craig on um even if we can't find where did the codependency comes from we need to begin to establish boundaries in his relationships and teach him some better um interpersonal skills so that he can 
seek validation from himself as opposed to needing to be needed by everyone that he interacts with. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it was interesting because I was going to say that Day-Day had the um, dependent personality. Am I, like, just thinking, I'm like, does he depend on Craig to do a lot of things? Like, um, as far as just being the more responsible one, and is this why they had to leave out of the ho- their houses around the same time? Because that they were so dependent on their parents that they needed to be independent. But instead, they just started to depend on one another for whatever reason. Especially when he was like, fire that up. Not on duty. Not on duty. Not on duty. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then he, forced, he gets him to do it anyway. So I, I thought about that. But that wasn't a diagnosis I, I gave. Day, however, um, and yeah, I because like even when Day Day tries to say no, and it's like, like we're not little no more. <laughs> Come on, right. and then he still gives in, and it's like you're not gonna be punking me when we're forty. I'm just letting you know now. This shit right. stop one day. <laughs> Craig's like, well, it ain't today. Day Day was like, yeah, you're right. Smoke this shit that we stop making like you ain't want it, bro. Um, <laughs> I think I think also with uh, with Craig, I, I would want to also work with his his anger and, you know, kind of just remember everything doesn't need a reaction either, you know, and and finding peace for himself, especially in a place that does cause so much chaos and mayhem for him. Which is What's weird I- because he can point mm-hmm. out uh, Dede's anger and Dede's temper temper but not see it within but himself. not see it for himself because when he gave him that speech in the car he mm-hmm. was just focused on daddy like you're gonna you're gonna watch your temper you're gonna talk to people right you can get your ass mm-hmm. kicked out here and i ain't getting in no shit because of you you're gonna watch your temper i ain't gotta watch shit but like mm-hmm. craig you be talking wild shit to people too you called ladies old ass ladies oh <laughs> right right i wasn't diffusing the situation at all at all and so it just goes to show that they don't really they're not probably the best team together. <laughs> uh, perhaps getting Santa, they maybe have been, but um, mm-hmm. working together, perhaps not. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Day Day, I initially wanted to give him hyperactivity disorder. I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, I gave him oppositional defiant disorder. Hmm, tell me more. Mm-hmm. So speaking to your point about the car incident um, and how uh, Craig was telling him, you know, to watch his temper and everything. So the diagnostic criteria for oppositional defiant disorder is usually a pattern of angry, irritable mood, argumentative or defiant behavior, vindictiveness lasting at least six months as evidenced by at least four symptoms of uh, any of the categories. So angry and irritable mood often loses temper, is often touchy and easily annoyed, is often angry and resentful. I would just say more so angry. And now that I'm reading it out loud, I'm like, is this Craig? Um, Argumentative, (laughs) defiant behavior, argues with authority figures, often actively defies or refuses to comply that those two know, I would say, often deliberately annoys others. I feel. I like think that's the only one that, yeah, where I'm like, yeah, that one <laughs> for sure. Often blames others for his mistakes and his misbehavior. So when he was telling the story to his dad about, you know, the robbery, he quickly blamed Craig, <laughs> and, he, and then he's like, "Well, what did you do? I didn't do shit." <laughs> it was like he was ready to put everything on Craig. But and what he Craig did. was the same way. He was, I, I blame all of this on you. This is all your fault. And then when he was telling Uncle Elroy too, he need help me. I was screaming for him. He need help me. <laughs> <laughs> so they both could probably get the diagnosis. <laughs> I feel more uh, Craig than, than Dede because I don't see him really arguing back with any authority figures like he kind of Mm. appreciated each of the authorities that were there he was like trying to be chummy and and, uh, be goofy with the police officers he was very compliant with moly 
and he was cool with the police officers later on until they didn't help them when they when he la- when they laughed at him because he got jacked in, in the alley. But I think that's time. understandable. <laughs> right. So I think for him, this would be then the vindic- the spitefulness, the vindictiveness, especially when he saw Craig with the girl he wanted and trying to, you know, weasel him went his way into that. That I mean, I guess that's really it, honestly. So that that might be a little push. But I also would give him um, victim of a crime for Z, Z code, B code as well. Since he, he got robbed twice in, in the alley. <laughs> twice. By Santa. Um, I did not give him a full blown, again, a full blown diagnosis because I feel like I would like to um, get further assessment before making one and explore areas of neurodivergence just because he did say at the beginning of the movie when he's talking to the police that he was in special education and so wondering exactly what that diagnosis and it kept him from pursuing his occupational goals so really uh, figuring out exactly what that diagnosis was and if it is um, still current or if it needs to be updated or reassessed for something as well but um, (laughs) I think it could be the hyperactivity disorder that that put him in special ed i have concerns for his perception of reality because everyone else saw uh elderly women singing christmas carols (laughs) but he (laughs) said y'all trying to use the lord to sell pussy on this quarter i already know (laughs) he's childish yeah, different things like that um, has has me a little bit concerned about um, the meaning that he ties to different situations and how he perceives things going. So um, the fact that he can, you know, lose his temper and things like that. So just really assessing for any level of neurodivergence, um, not necessarily level, but type, uh, if that is if that is present or <laughs> what else. I just feel like there's so much more assessment that needs to happen with Dede because it, it can go in so many different directions. <laughs> it really can. So I don't know. <laughs> That's a struggle. Yeah, I would have I would have to like you said, I would have to work with him just a bit more in order for me to know what his prognosis would be. But he does seem so optimistic mm-hmm. rather craig is very pessimistic <laughs> but to me craig's to not even pessimistic as much as he is realistic because of dede's idealism where dede is like top flight security of the world craig don't you never forget it and craig is like no we are not top flight we are craig and dede <laughs> like <laughs> we ain't NYPD Blue or none of them other shows that you be watching. We something like them. No, nothing like it. Like, this is this is it. This is just us. And like bringing him back towards reality. Again, I think as a function of his codependency, yes, but also to give him the reality as opposed to Day-Day's just out there-ness. <laughs> All right, so what did you give Uncle Elroy? Not a damn thing. That ain't nothing going on with Uncle Elroy. I love Uncle Elroy. I ought to hit you in your ass and give you brain damage. I ought to hit you in your ass and give you brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you need that brain damage from getting hit in the ass? <laughs> what? <laughs> I gave him the V-code of victim of a crime because his roly got stoley. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. But it was a Polex <laughs> anyway, so he'd be a height. <laughs> I thought about that too. I was like, that shit ain't real, bro. <laughs> what about Santa Claus? I gave Santa Claus the diagnosis of antisocial personality disorder um, because of his repeated uh, discard for uh, social norms by evidence by uh, committing crimes. <laughs> uh, he had evidence of as well as continued uh, fights and assaults with him and, and Craig <laughs> fighting <laughs> every time they saw each other. Use of weapons. On site. <laughs> yes, there was the deceitfulness and conning of others. Um, his impulsivity and failure to plan ahead. Like, he definitely tried to jump out of a closed window. Like, you you didn't have no, no back door, no backup plan on how to get out of it. <laughs> uh, reckless disregard for safety of self and others. He kept falling out the windows each time he tried to hop up out of them things. 
and lack of remorse. And so being indifferent or rationalizing having stolen from another. And so, yes, the comment of now nah, it's a stoli, <laughs> bitch better have my sweet potatoes. And <laughs> when uh, he goes to open up all of the presents that he stole, he's like, let's see what uh, see what I got. Because ain't nobody get me anything anyway. He's rationalizing in his head like no one else got me a gift. So let's open up these gifts now that I have for myself. And so I went that route. <laughs> okay i mean i'm i'm there for that and then i would also add a few more diagnoses <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can have more than one diagnosis if it's, it's rational right um, 100 and we might can take one away because it might be better explained by one of the ones that you have girl i've been wanting to use this diagnosis for so long <laughs> kleptomania yes yes I've been wanting to use it, especially when he's stealing. And I mean, there's really nothing that he needed. It was just explained by a conduct disorder, a manic episode or antisocial personality disorder. And when he took out that extra medium, he didn't need it. Dada. I always wanted a Dada. (laughs) (laughs) Extra medium. Extra medium. But I agree here because he didn't need anything. Like when he put on the Dada and was, you know, styling himself up for getting ready to go to the club, he was talking about how he can go pick himself up some some uh keys, some cigarette lighters. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like, need cigarette lighters. You're just stealing the steal now. Right. That is not for your personal use or monetary value. Like you're just stealing to steal. So that's what I would give him is kleptomania. Finally, why, why am I so excited about this? I don't know. And then I was going to say other or unknown substance intoxication with a mild use disorder or a stimulant induced disorder. And the reason why I say that is, again, ain't no way you jumping out three story buildings and rolling around and kicking in windows and, and punching windows through and getting the, getting into several different fights and getting hit by a, a limousine <laughs> and still surviving. You're on some type of opioid that allows your body to not feel any of these things. <laughs> That's my That answer. very well um may be the, the case. I just, you know, <laughs> would need I would I would, you know, do a test just to make sure so that we can fully document it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> the test for me, sis, was when he got hit. It was like his jaw clenched two times. Yang, yang, yang. <laughs> I was like, oh, that blood lost <laughs> <laughs> I don't know No, but I thought the same thing when Uncle Elroy was chasing him with the baseball bat and he ran across the street that quick. And I was like, oh, Uncle Elroy, you ain't cra- you ain't catching no crackhead. Like, mm-mm. Bruh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, and, uh, unfortunately, the DSM does not have a crackhead diagnosis. So, <laughs> <laughs> I went with unknown. <laughs> Okay, so I've been waiting all um, episodes so far to uh, talk about Money Mike. Hold up, wait a minute, let me put some pimp in there. My name is uh, Money Mike Player, how you doing? All right then, don't squeeze hard. All right, what's happening? Man down! Pimp in distress! Donna, man down! 11.30! Pimp in distress! (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear me? Money Mike. This hair was fresh, though. I was like, okay, perm. <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some pimping in it. <laughs> what he said. I'm in between a pimp and a hard place. <laughs> Money Mike. Don't be uh, sorry, ho. Be careful. <laughs> bruh, don't drag that coat. It costs more than you. Who do you think you're talking to? I could never. I have to shave uh, later. I have to shave somebody else. You never know. <laughs> Let me check my palm pilot. Let me check my palm pilot. <laughs> Look like I ain't doing shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bruh. Uh, okay, again, mind. from this movie, if I really have to go, I definitely say. Oh, uh, Craig. Yeah. Hey, you bathroom that player. Got the piss like a Russian racehorse in the Kentucky Derby with a glue truck behind him. <laughs> Never noticed you said that. 
I've never really had to pee in your presence. <laughs> you don't pee when you're around But <laughs> I think I go regularly. I, I, I set it out. I'm not, I'm not holding hold it in. It. Okay. <laughs> Good. That means you're pretty comfortable in your mouth. Yeah, Look, we on. have regularly scheduled bathroom breaks <laughs> in our interactions, so it's never been, you know, a, a dire <laughs> straight. Good. Yeah, get to that. Get to that. <laughs> uh, he said, "I'm good in a crisis." Donna, cool. We're it. Everything like, is wait, so funny. Is, is she her his bodyguard? <laughs> what? She says everything. He don't do nothing. Nothing. I was I was actually kind of shooketh when she drove off, and I was like, oh, oh, now she's driving away. <laughs> I'm concerned about her her going forward after driving off because I hope um, she drove back home to where yeah. she's from because she in that ass whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't diagnose Money Mike with anything. I just wanted to talk about him. <laughs> I just, I think that, I think he is beginning and I think he might have been brought up in the pimping lifestyle. And this is his first endeavor with having a whole uh, that he is in control of and, and um, over operation of. And so he is still making some um, minor mistakes and does not have the full mind control that is necessary in quality pimping. Um, even though pimping is terrible, don't do it. That is technically still sex trafficking. It's a horrible, horrible thing. We say it in jest. He also was making um, terrible mistakes in his pimping that did allow uh, Donna to liberate herself and uh, escape to freedom, hopefully, is what we're, we're prognosing what we're, her for. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because if we cross universe, his alter ego is actually a pimp named Clipback, <laughs> okay? And if you have any problems with your ladies, you call a pimp name Slipback. But, you know, I think that's one of the things that Money Mike needs to, to do. He need to call a pimp name Slipback. And so I think that's what he was doing. He was seeking advisement from um, the Bishop Magic Don Juan. And Ma that's he was right. probably getting his lesson for the day. And mm -hmm. then he left because he still isn't. Like when he said, do you think I'm play pimping? Yes, Money Mike, I do. I do not feel like you are up to up to par as evidenced by you only having one hole but as evidenced by you not having succinct control to where donna feels like she is making these decisions on her own merit and they're in your best interest as well as wanting to escape and hollering at craig in front of yo stove that should have been dangerous because you see pinky's hoes knew better and they said give me that card you better not let pinky see it because mm -hmm. Pinky has is an OG in this here pimping game, as opposed to Muddy Mike, who might have the the aesthetic look down, who might have the voice down pat, and, but does not fully um, has not fully yet committed to the lifestyle in a way that can be evidenced by his pimping. Pimping, pimping. So I would, if I was to give him a diagnosis, it would be narcissistic personality disorder. I, mean, I think what that's pimp great. Isn't right? What pimp isn't a narcissist? Fitting. You Fitting. know. So, yeah, the grandiose self, uh, sense of self-importance is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, because if you ain't a beautiful pimp, what are you? Exactly. Um, ideal and, or ideal love. I don't think pimps love anybody but themselves. They are their own ideal love. <laughs> okay. Requires excessive admiration from their, their hoes and uh, others um, and a sense of entitlement. He felt like he was entitled to own this woman. So, mm -hmm. Yes, I would give that. And then uh, Damon. Oh, <laughs> I am a boy, Damon. You are not in prison anymore. This is not how we do. <laughs> Damon was about to make money, Mike. His bitch. <laughs> he gonna fuck the lining out of little prince. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Rottweiler fight a Chihuahua, have you? No. <laughs> Me neither, but it ain't pretty. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Yo, I was like, don't let it happen, Money Mike. Money Mike. You lose all of your cred if you let this happen. <laughs> but he didn't. I mean, I, so did. aside from aside from cred, you have to just protect your, you know, uh, access to your body at all times no means okay. no and damon should have respected that and because of that i diagnosed damon with two things first off mm -hmm. sexual sadism disorder mm. 
For that disorder, it is over a period of at least six months, recurrent and intense sexual arousal from the physical or psychological suffering of another person as manifested by fantasies, urges, or behaviors. And we see that with, I like my fish squirming. Ew, Damon, ew. Um, And then the individual has acted on these urges with a non-consenting person or uh, causes clinically significant distress or impairment in other in areas of functioning. And so he was trying to act on this with a non-consenting person. And we don't know how many times that this has also happened while he was incarcerated or even while he was out on other other occasions. But as um, another diagnosis, I did diagnose him with PTSD as evidenced by his institutionalization. Um, I am not sure if he meets a full criteria because while there are, you know, him directly experiencing the trauma and him feeling like that he is basically having flashbacks and behaving that he was actually still in prison. I'm not exactly sure if he has the persistent avoidance of stimuli associated with the traumatic event because he don't seem like he really don't mind going to prison. Like, I'll go back. I ain't scared. Lock me up. Throw away the key. So, (laughs) but um, I'm not exactly sure. If anything else, I just want to uh, reference him and his uh, sexual urges that he was experiencing for Tupac, Tupac, Tupac. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of made me uncomfortable for a moment. I was like, okay. So gangster. <laughs> so gangster. And the way he moved when he said it, I was like, yeah. <laughs> But institutionalization is a serious um is a serious issue that does impact a lot of the, of lot of people. And there isn't a specific treatment modality that targets specifically that. There are some different things that can be done as far as as far as building a routine on the outside so that um, you can restabilize yourself towards the outside. Different things though that might still trigger um, the flashbacks and the different things as well as that as, as, as well as the psychological distress that comes along with it. Um, I think EMDR would be possibly a good treatment um, method to use with him as well to try to like reprogram the experience of the trauma in his brain and maybe even he might need the shot you know how they shooting people in the back of the neck for ptsd symptoms he might it, it might be that severe he might need that thick old neck yeah he'd need a big old needle but um (laughs) 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 but yes i do i do think that institutionalization Yes, while it fits under PTSD, I think that there does need to be more research done in that area to develop specific treatment techniques and working with individuals who are experiencing that because it is something serious. And unfortunately, it is impacting so many people and there aren't many um, programs, especially for uh, returning to uh, once you get out. There are things to decrease recidivism as far as not going back. But for those that are like who can secure employment or have a place to stay, have supportive people around them. There aren't as many programs in place to just retrain you into re-entering society because it is a very difficult transition that a lot of people do struggle with. And that is one of the things that does create the cycle of going back. And why recidivism is so high, some people can't adjust to being on the outside, especially if they've been in for a long amount of time. And so um, definitely I would love to see more research in that area. Absolutely. For me, I, the only other thing I would add is, okay, the Z code and that's imp- uh, imprisonment and incarceration. But we already know that. Um, yeah, but definitely. Think, um, yeah. The, the, there was the V code for Damon as well. The V62.5 problems related to release from prison. Yes, um, that one too. I think that would be very fitting because, yeah, for him getting, he strapped the whole the phone book to his belly. <laughs> Right, and he said he was he had a shank ready just in case some shit went down. <laughs> Dad over there, my, this is my people's. <laughs> oh yeah, since we were talking about that as well, just serious issues. Um, going back to Donna and being concerned about her well-being going forward because, like you know, the old players do. M- uh, money Mike definitely kept her dressed nice, but without money. And so she didn't have a lot of support. So hopefully she was able able to drive back to wherever she was from that money might got her to leave. And, you know, as with cycles of abuse, separating from loved ones and care, 
cared individuals so that the cycle of abuse can continue. I'm very concerned about her because even when Craig was like, why don't you just leave? Is She was like, it's not that easy. You don't understand, which is something that a lot of people go through when they are in, in a cycle of abuse, because a lot of people just say, well, why don't you leave? But there are so many elements that go towards that. So mm-hmm. I definitely hope that um, that Donna get no, she didn't. Remember, she just went back to uh, Craig House went back to Craig and did House. it to yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if if it, she would just then use damn Craig it, to Donna, help damn it. <laughs> what if she uses Craig to get her out though, and then she just like ghosts him? I just don't want her to go back to go back to Money Mike or or find herself in a worse situation than she originated in because that is something that she is at high risk for as well because she's unemployed. the The only money that she has is whatever was in her little Christmas purse and mm-hmm. and selling Money Mike car possibly, but she can't even go back and go get her clothes if she had and she might have just been wearing stuff out the store. That money might gave her. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did appreciate the relationship that existed between um Mrs. Jones, between Betty and Willie. Um, because when mm-hmm. she was just concerned about his whereabouts because he had been gone for so long, but then when she heard that he was with Miss Pearlie, she wasn't mad at him. She was mad at Miss Pearlie because she trusts her husband and she know her husband and her husband was in there saying, get off me, woman. And so when she bust in, it was really get your ass off that heifer. And she proceeded to uh, try to snatch out Miss Pearlie's weave. Um, I did not I did not diagnose Miss Pearlie. Just just she's just miserable. Just a miserable Miserable. old lady. (laughs) God, what a mustache. I'd be miserable, too, if it was that thick and getting lined up. All right, guys, I think that concludes our second Christmas episode talking about Friday after next. And I just want to say Merry Christmas, Nuka! <laughs> Chicka Bells, Nuka! <laughs> and just to remind y'all, Santa Claus got knocked the fuck out. Bitch! <laughs> if you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now, we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we would rather the kind that folds. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, bye, you cinephiles.